Good morning. Welcome to Victory Church. Today we are doing our service number 115, December 9, 2018. It's a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. And we are going to start our worship, praying, giving thanks to the Lord. So please stand up, join me, and let's give thanks to Him. Dear Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for life. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house. And we thank you, Lord, for the honor that we have, that we can be dedicating our lives to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, friends, we give uh, the welcome to our viewers and listeners, and we thank you for watching and connecting. And now is the time for Tracy to come here and sing some songs for the Lord. So please join us.
when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away.
Dear Lord, there are no words to express our gratitude to you for your wonderful mercy. Each one of us, Lord, here in this sanctuary and those who listen, we all that are alive today now, we are alive thanks to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, that in your mercy you have protected us. Thank you, Father, that you are with us here in this place, in our homes, while we drive, while we work. We thank you, Lord. How could we express to you our gratitude, Lord? I cannot find words, anything, Lord, that I could verbalize to tell you how much I thank you for my life, for my salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you are so wonderful and merciful. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. In this place, Lord, in this very moment, the only words that we can say to you is, I love you, Lord God. I love you, Lord God. I love you, Lord my God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Father. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Receive our hearts, Lord. Receive our lives as an offering, Lord, that is acceptable to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Whether it is in a courthouse or in the workplace or in the school, in our neighborhood, among our relatives or friends, wherever we are, there is always a possibility that somebody will reject you. There is that possibility. That somebody will look at you and disapprove you. Because, unfortunately, a lot of people have that attitude and that uh, approach to life and to others, becoming very judgmental. And people sometimes are judging us for, for silly things like uh, the pants that we are wearing, the shoes that we have on, uh, our hairstyle, our jacket, or anything. I want you to know that in the eyes of the Lord, you are not guilty. I want you to know that 
And today we are going to study scriptures that tells us that in his eyes we are not guilty. And we are going to enjoy that today. We read the scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me? Reading in Philippians 3.13. There is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. Because if we are just thinking of the past, our mistakes, the wrong things that we have done or said, we are going to feel defeated. We are going to feel guilty. And that is why Paul the Apostle, writing to the Philippians, says these things to, 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 to them and to us today. I forget what is in the past. Now, I want you to join me in this particular video. There is a scene that is described in the book of Acts when Stephen is being stunned to death. Literally. They kill him. Stunning him, throwing stones into his body. And Paul, listen to this, Paul, the one who wrote this passage, was there. Actually, in this, in this short video, you're going to see him. He is just collecting all the clothes of these legalistic people. You will see that. Watch this. Receive my spirit. Lord, lay not this into their charge. Sometimes we are like Paul. Perhaps you have felt in some point one another when you are in your house or in a place by yourself just thinking about the things that you have done. The wrong things that we did. And when we are in those moments, you know, thinking about the mistakes that we have made and we are confused the guilt will just come to, to our heads if we try to understand why we did those things it, it, it is like a movie in our minds you know it's just coming back to the moments when we reacted in a certain way or we did certain things 
and, and it's a torture that we live. Because when we offended somebody or hurt somebody intentionally or not, we always carry that memory in our, in our minds. Those images are there. And we would like to come back to that point and say, I hate that I did that. I wish I would never do something like that. And we struggle with that. But today we are going to come to the scripture because we need to understand that these memories have to go. Those memories have to go, like Paul did. He needed to, to do that. That's why he wrote what he wrote. But you and I are aware that some people simply don't care about their past or their decisions. Is it true? You probably know some, some people that they have done certain things and they, they don't show any remorse about it. Some people have no conscience. And you probably know some of them. You are just wondering but why some people just simply don't care. What, what is the problem? But others have made mistakes because of our passions in life. If you are honest with yourself and you think about some of your decisions in the past, you will agree with me that some of those decisions of some or those actions were based on of your passion in life. Because passion in life is what makes us feel alive. You know, we cannot be people without feelings, guys. We cannot be that kind of people. Just like no, no feelings at all. We, we cannot be that kind of people. We need to experience passion in life because that is what makes us feel alive. And you know what? Our Lord is passionate about life. You know, every single day of our lives, we need to understand that, that He is so passionate about everything He does and about us, and about life. Therefore, we need to find that balance in being this passionate individual, but at the same time, reasonable, trying to not make more mistakes. And that is what the Scripture tells us. In Philippians 3.14, can you read with me, please? I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine. Because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. All right. We are thinking of our pasts, our decisions, and our mistakes, and how we feel guilty about many things. But we know that's not what the Lord wants. So he wants us to focus on the future. But the most important thought that you should have about the future is your life in heaven. So here is my first question to you. Are you the kind of person that thinks about heaven and your life in heaven one day? Do you think about heaven, you yourself, being in heaven one day. Do you? How often do you think about it? 
Because all of us are busy with our lives and our jobs and doing many, many things. And even we come to church. But the question is, how often do we think about heaven? How important the life in heaven is to you? Your life in heaven. Because one way or other, we are going to departure. Sooner or later. So how your life in heaven do you think will be? And I hope that you are thinking this way. Living a holy life, fully devoted to the Lord. Saying no to what is evil. Saying no to the ways of this world. And why we do that? Because we say, you, my Lord, are my true goal. This is what I want you to start thinking about in this very moment. Is think about your future. Think about the life in heaven. You don't want to keep making mistakes. You don't like the idea of the regrets that you have. Okay, so we can move forward thinking of the future. Okay, let's think about our life in heaven. And when you think about our life in heaven, what is what do you think? The things that you will be enjoying in heaven? Because there are many things that we can think about heaven. Or you are thinking about the Lord God. As your true goal. Thinking, if I go to heaven, which I hope by faith in Jesus, what I want is Him. What I want is being with Him. Because He is my true goal. I hope you are thinking that way. And you can think that way. Colossians 2, 13, 14. Let's read all together. We were spiritually dead because we broke God's laws. We owed a debt that he forgave us for by nailing it to the cross. Okay. I need, I need you to understand the importance of this act. A phenomenal, the, the most magnificent act of grace that could be done for our salvation. All our sins... All of them represent a debt that we have to the good Lord. So he took all that debt. And when, when the Lord Jesus was crucified, he put that debt. Imagine it's a piece of paper. And it was nailed with the Lord Jesus on that cross. Your debt. Your sins. And because of it, he forgave you. It's done. Whatever is what you have done in the past. By faith in Jesus. Your debt has been paid. It was nailed to the cross. And now you are not guilty. Simple as that. But the question is. Do we realize that? Are we aware of it? Or we... Keep thinking about our sins. We keep thinking about those memories and about all those things that we have done that were wrong in life. Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 and 23. Read with me. 
Don't let anyone make rules for you about eating and drinking or about any kind of festivals or traditions. These rules don't help people stop doing the evil that the sinful self wants to do. So now all Christians that are aware of our salvation, all believers that are aware that the debt was paid, for some reason they are looking for new rules instead of enjoying the freedom of their forgiveness. They are thinking now, well, you know what? It's not good enough. We need to come up with something because it's too simple for people to be forgiven that, you know what, we need to put some rules. And there is when religion comes into place. And many, many people all over the world start to come up with things like uh, food. What kind of food are you eating? That food is not holy, they say. What are you drinking? Are you celebrating this and this festival? Because it's a tradition for a certain culture. And they put regulations to things like holidays, festivals. What do you drink? What do you eat? And they create all kind of rules. Unfortunately, those rules will not help anybody to stop doing what is wrong. You know that. But some people, and I want you to be aware of it, will try to tell you that you eat certain things or certain things or you participate on certain festivals or certain traditions, you will be a better Christian then you will be better than the rest of believers. They even say, if you participate in these festivals, in these traditions, with these outfits, with these foods, on these days, you actually are going to grow spiritually. They say that. And that is a contradiction to the word of God. Because we don't need to to participate in any kind of festivals or any kind of traditions or eating special foods or drinks or not drinking this or not eating that to become better because our debt was already paid. It was nailed to the cross. Then is when we were forgiven. Do you understand that? Your forgiveness comes as a result of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is when you became forgiven and free. It has nothing to do with anything else that any, any person can tell you you should do from now on. Because it has nothing to do with that. Colossians 3.3. Let's read it. You were raised from death with Christ. Let's say that again. You were raised from death with Christ. It's done. So live for what is in heaven. That is what, it, what really matters, guys. We know we are not guilty. Do we know that now? 
And we say, not guilty. I'm not guilty. Well, are you sure? Yes, I am sure. And why are you sure? Because my debt was paid on the cross. The death of my Lord Jesus Christ paid for my salvation. I am saved. I am a believer. Are you sure? I am sure is what the scripture declares. So I am not guilty. But you, uh, in your church, you do not do this. Or you do not do that. You do not participate in this kind of festivals or activities. Or you eat this kind of food or etc. And you just say, we don't follow rules. Because I was raised from death with Christ. I'm not guilty. And you should walk every day thinking that way. I am not guilty. And just walk freely your life, your day, thinking, I am forgiven. I don't care if people in this particular place, they see me with the disappointment because I wear these pants, or I wear this hat, or I wear this or that. I don't care. Because what I know is that I am forgiven. But, say with me, but, we need to live for what is in heaven. That is the real change that we need to apply in our lives. So, several scriptures. Colossians 3, 5. Put everything evil out of your life. Sexual sin. Doing anything immoral. Letting sinful thoughts control you. And wanting things that are wrong. And don't keep wanting more and more for yourself. Which is the same as worshipping a false god. Put the things out of your life. Anger. Losing your temper. Doing or saying things to hurt others. And saying shameful things. Don't lie to each other. God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. So your new life should be like this. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Don't be angry with each other. But forgive each other. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others. Because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love each other. Love is what holds everything together in perfect unity. So you, you notice it's a change from inside out. It has nothing to do with celebrations, festivals, food, or drink. It has to do entirely with our way of seeing life. Our way of doing life. Where the most important thing is to love one another. Out of love. Wherever you are. If you are a loving person, you are doing God's will. You are representing the Lord in the right way. 
when you are patient with people, when you are forgiving people for the things they say against you or the things they do against you, then is when you become a real testimony of the love of God in your life. Because think about this. Imagine people that wear special outfits to participate in special celebrations. They don't drink certain things. They don't eat certain things because they want to present those themselves very religious. They give an impression to people, right? So people look at them and they say, wow, they, they look, what? I don't know, something. You cannot even find the word, right? They look something. But what if those individuals with that appearance, you notice that they are resentful or they are wrongdoers? They are liars or cheaters. They are stealing. They mistreat people. What good is all this appearance? All this appearing things, some being somebody, something, but deeply in their hearts, they are not what the scripture is asking us to be. Loving people, being nice to each other, being forgiving. That, my friends, that is the way to show that we are not guilty. Now, let's talk about how we connect with people and, and how our mistakes are going to affect our relationship with others. Let's talk about it. Because it's a fact. We make mistakes. Right? Sometimes our mistakes are in the way that we talk to other people. Or by offending people through our actions. Okay, we understand that. When, when you make a mistake and you offend somebody, it is okay for the other person to be upset. Of course, that's understandable. There are two individuals here. One offends the other. The one that is offended is upset. It's understandable. But the scripture is telling us that we should be forgiving one another. But imagine if the one that is offended is going to try to now manipulate this particular individual because of what that person did to him. You tell me if that is not evil. That is evil. Because after all, if person A made a mistake offending person B, if person A asks for forgiveness, person B should say, well, I do not appreciate what you did. I want to tell you something about it. This represents these problems to me. I am not happy about it. Yes, the that is offended has the right to explain the other person what happened, the cost of these problems. All the implications of this mistake, we understand that. And the other person, the, the one that offended the other, has to take it and say, you are right. I, that's correct. I am sorry. 
I hope you can forgive me. But at that point, person B, the one offended, should be able to forgive the other one and let it go. Work with this person in order to fix the situation. Especially, guys, when you are talking about believers. Especially when it's among believers in our homes, in our workplace, in our families. Because we should be forgiving. But the problem is that usually that is not what happens in our lives, right? The one that is offended <laughs> wrote that offense somewhere and is expecting, waiting to find an opportunity to make the other one feel guilty. That is human interaction, unfortunately. There are people that they enjoy putting people down. Have you seen that? It happens everywhere. They have a particular pleasure in putting people down. And unfortunately, for those who failed, sometimes they don't have any other option than take it and say, yeah, you're right. And here is the beating, right? The condemnation, the accusation. And that destroys us, destroys the relationship. We cannot act that way, friends. We cannot operate that way. If somebody offended you, and that person presents an apology to you, you should be graceful enough to forgive that individual and let it go. And I will tell you why you need to let it go. I want you to think for a second that you are the offender. Offender? Offender. What is the right word? Offender. Imagine you are the one who made the mistake. And every time you try to talk to the person that you offended, this person is acting the way that I just described. How do you feel? Uncomfortable. You are very uncomfortable. So what, what is what you do? The next thing you do is you, you, you go away. Because you don't like that feeling. And you try a second time, a third time, and the person keeps acting that way. Eventually, what is what you are going to do? You will stop going to talk to that person. Eventually, you will not take it anymore. And you will say, I'm done. It's just too much. It's way too much. If somebody offended you, you need to let it go from your heart. Forgive. Because the other person that, that offended you gets the feeling and doesn't like it. Eventually is going to live and move out from your life. Do you like that? Do you like the idea that somebody offended you? And now, because you are upset, this person is out of your life. And you don't have any chance to bring this person back to you because every time get together, you make this person feel uncomfortable and guilty. 
That is why it's so important that in, in all kind of situations and offenses, we need to let it go. We need to forgive from our hearts because it's not worth it. After all, who can say, I am free of sin? After all, who of us can say, you know what? I never made a mistake. I never, I never had an accident with a car. You know, I never messed up a credit card. You know, I never said anything wrong. Who could say those things? We all made mistakes. But naturally, if somebody has something against you and makes you feel uncomfortable and guilty, you are going to move away. And that is not ideal. But for us believers, that is unacceptable. We need to learn to let it go from our hearts, whatever is the offense, whatever is the offense, and just forgive this person and say, you know what, I'm going to live with that. So, so what? I'm going to forgive. Because the same way the Lord forgives us, we need to learn to forgive others. We should. Now let's talk about our lives and homes. Colossians 3, 18, 24. Wives, be willing to serve your husbands. This is the right thing to do in following the Lord. You know, how common is that? That you see in homes that the wife is not willing to serve the husband anymore. For something that happened. And she is not able to let it go. That is not what the scripture tells us to do. It says, wives, you, you should be willing to serve your husbands. This is the right thing to do in following the Lord. On the other hand, husbands, love your wives and be gentle to them. Do we see that in homes? Unfortunately, not always. And I'm talking about Christian homes when there is so much hostility in the house between husband and wife. They are angry with each other. And I'm not talking about an incident among the couple that put us in a bad mood one day, for example. No, I'm talking about not just days, but weeks and months and eventually years of hostility. And there is no connection between the two of them. That, that is not what the Lord wants us to do. Husbands, we need to love our wives and be gentle to them. We need to learn to love our wives with so much tolerance and compassion. And even if we get upset for some things, we need to learn to let it go. And just like every other day, like every single day, when we wake up and we have life and the compassion from God, we should do the same. We wake up with life, with the compassion from the Lord, and we are going to be gentle to our Wives, children, obey your parents in everything. This pleases the Lord. That is the commandment for the kids. Kids being willing to listen to their parents. What they say. After all, parents are taking care of all the bills. Parents are paying for everything for the kids. So... Parents have the right to say, kids, if we are paying for everything, we want you to help 
by doing these kind of things. And every home has its own rules about, you know, the life in the house. Whether it's the clothes or the dishes or whatever. All the chores in the house. So parents go to the children and ask for help and say, I need you to help me doing this. I need you to help me doing that. The scripture says, children, obey your parents in everything. And that is the job of the kids, to obey their parents. Now, parents, it says, don't upset your children. Because sometimes parents also are kind of too stressed out. And, and they lose control. And they are uh, probably having issues with their temper. It, well, this is what the scripture says. Don't upset them. Because if you are too hard to please, they might want to stop trying. So parents can be angry for a moment, upset about something, but then regroup and, okay. Okay, kids. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, let's regroup. This is what we need to do now. And then we move forward. Do you see, guys? We are not guilty. In God's eyes, we are not guilty. He is not expecting us to wear certain outfits or do certain religious acts. No, because the debt was already paid. We are forgiven. We are not guilty. But yes, he's expecting us to live in a certain way that we will bring honor to him. That we will be thinking of heaven. Being there with him. And of course, he wants us to enjoy our lives here on earth by getting along in our homes and everywhere we are. And uh, a final word from Paul to all the workers, people working. We all work. It says, workers obey your bosses in everything. Obey all the time, even when they can't see you. Don't just pretend to, to work hard so that they will treat you well. No, you must serve your bosses honestly because you respect the Lord. In all the work you are giving, do the best you can. Work as though you are working for the Lord, not any earthly master. Remember that you will receive your reward from the Lord, who will give you what he promised his people. Yes, you are serving Christ. He is your real master. In the workplace, now, especially that we have so many beliefs and religions, we have to be very tolerant with everyone's religion and beliefs. But honestly, in the workplace, the way that we can see who is a good employee or a bad employee, it has nothing to do with their religion at all. In the workplace, the good employee is the one who comes on time and is working during the time that he is being paid. Is the employee that works doing things to please God, not to make an impression in the supervisor. That is the change that the Lord is expecting from us. You see, it has nothing to do with our traditions or festivities or celebrations or food or this, it has nothing to do with that. 
that is just exterior. What matters is our hearts. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He is reaching out today to all of us. And perhaps you, if you never have experienced giving your heart to the Lord, maybe today is the day. Maybe today is the day that you will say, I really want to be saved. I want to be a good Christian, a good believer. What else the Lord can do to prove to you that He loves you? What else? He already did it. He sent His Son. He died for you. To tell you, you are not guilty. You are not guilty. You are loved. John chapter 10 verse 16 says, I have other sheep too. They are not in this flock here. I must lead them also. They will listen to my voice in the future. There will be one flock and one shepherd. People from different kind of backgrounds are going to be part of the kingdom of God. And we need to be open for that. John 10, 27, 28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give my sheep eternal life. They will never die. And no one can take them out, out of my hand. Once you are in the hands of the Lord. And He is your shepherd. You are safe there. You are not guilty. You are forgiven. Enjoy your freedom in Jesus Christ. Live with joy every day. But maybe somebody needs to pray with me. Maybe you want to join. Dear Lord, I am so sorry for all my sins. Lord, I acknowledge that my life is not what you wanted. From the very beginning, you wanted something very, very different for me. But I didn't listen. I refuse to listen to you, oh Lord. I want to change. I need to change now, today. Please help me, dear Lord. Could you please forgive me? I give you my life. I give you my heart. I surrender to you. I know that you still love me and you can restore me and you can transform me. I am here trusting you, Lord God. You are my God. You are who I need with all of my heart. I need you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love and for your forgiveness. You are wonderful. You are the King of the universe and my Father. Thanks to your forgiveness, I am not guilty. You are my everything, Lord Jesus. 
my friend, receive right now that forgiveness in your heart, the peace of God, and declare with me, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. This year, I will become more spiritual. Amen. Remember, you are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful week. Enjoy it. Thank you for coming up to church. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. God is on the move.